following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, and uh, we're back. Tyler, we're back. Had some personal things. I just want to. time. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and and just kick off with. Hey, I, I want to apologize to our listeners. I know we took an extended leave of absence. A lot of things going on. Me personally, I'm gonna take the the shot on that to, one. To to uh, to quote Shrek. There's no we. There's no our. It's you and your problems. <laughs> it was me and my problems. But we're back. We're here. Um, and and Tyler, we're just in time for the playoffs. Week 17 comes to a close. And, uh, and oh, we're in playoff football. Oh, you and your stupid Ravens. Um, you know, your, your, your boys got lucky. You guys got very lucky. They got hot at the right time for, what, the last four games, was it? Last five, five games? Five or six, yeah. Yep. And uh, and the Buffalo Bills really just kind of drove it home with that. Uh, yeah, I think you could arguably say on Ravens and Bills, like if, if you were to reseed based on uh, hotness and current danger, the Ravens, you wouldn't put Ravens at five. No, no, not right because now. I, I think arguably they're they're one of the more dangerous teams going into the playoffs. I, I can't put them ahead of the Bills. I can't. Just no, Bills are deadly right now. Bills, uh, I'm I'm actually so it was funny. Before the Bills got, because uh, they were kind of in a slump, but before they got really red, red, red hot in the last four or five weeks here, I mean, the Bills, they were the team I was going, I don't know. I know, remember. The, the but, difference is their slump didn't really include many losses. Exactly. I, I, I remember, you know, is when that slump happened and they, they had some trouble midway through the season. We're talking about week eight. I remember I said to you, I don't know if this is the team. I think they're just enough. Well, now they're looking like the team. It's Looking it's like the scary. same team that started off the year hot. Yeah, and and um, Stefan Diggs having himself a hell of a year. I, you know, I'm rooting for the Bills, but at the same time, you know, Diggs. It's almost like they slowed down just a little bit to go, come on, Dolphins, you can do it. Yeah. You can catch up. Oh, nope. It's like, you know, it's like that, uh, that Geico commercial with the guy with yep. the fishing rod. Well, you almost had it, you know, but it... Here we are, uh, playoff football going on. Your boys, the Ravens, make the playoffs. Um, we got to talk about the playoff seeding a little bit today, and, and we've got a, a lot of coaching carousel. Um, we've got uh, stuff as far as um, offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators getting signed, getting interviewed. We've got records being broken. Tyler, it's been one hell of a ride. Um, it has been. It would have been nice if we actually recorded through it. Hey, you know what? You know what, pal? Somebody, somebody, eat your shit burger. Uh, I, I will. I'll just eat that shit burger. <laughs> so, uh, first and foremost, Tyler, uh, I want to get into the news around the league. We got head coaching vacancies galore. We got six teams Lions, Falcons, Texans, Jets, Jaguars, and Chargers all looking for their next head coach. We got several of them looking for their new GM. Um, and uh, we can go ahead and get started with the Chargers because uh, they just yeah, fired and, Anthony and Lane. And that's the one that surprises me here. I thought they were going to give him one more season to, 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 to give uh, Herbert that. That full sophomore season. I take issue with it because they went twelve and four last year. They did not. Did they not go twelve? They, they had a. That's why Rivers left because their team fell off the map. Oh yeah, that's right. I, so that's probably why he got yeah. fired. It was the, so it was the year before. 
It was the year before. So, and and Lynn comes at he, two seasons. He goes seven and nine. He did make improvements with Justin Herbert. It was, it was a 2018 year, and they faced the Ravens. That's playoffs, right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. You're right. So he he goes in with Justin Herbert. They make improvements. The thing about the thing I had a problem with is for a hum, the first two three games of the year, who started? Tyrod Taylor was the starter but moving into the beginning still, of the season. Still. He didn't, they they didn't win many games. Uh, seven and nine is a pretty good record when when you got you know Herbert coming in, I, and let's not forget the division that they're in. I mean they're, they're over here playing the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean and and the Oakland Raiders or the <laughs> Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, they're they're really nothing to sneeze at. I I know that the Raiders missed the playoffs. I get it, but the Raiders were one of those middle of the road teams. That were giving other teams fits no, all season you're, long. You're allowed to lose to the Raiders. Yeah, I mean they, they're losing to the Raiders. I Chiefs mean, did. Yeah, almost twice. Yeah, I mean, really. So the, I think the Raiders are kind of a frightening team. I, like I'm, I'm kind of with you here, where I, I was assuming they were going to give Anthony Lynn a third season here see, just to see if he. My get it move would have been to fire the defensive coordinator. Yeah, but I thought there would be the bigger issues there because the offense, to me, was doing well despite lack of weapons. Right, and well, I wouldn't say lack of weapons. I mean, Austin Eckler was hurt during the season, but I got to tell you, that's what I mean. You didn't have Eckler for for like twelve games, and and Herbert still put up four thousand yards. But I got to tell you, Justin Herbert, he had he has they have an extra excellent group of receivers over there. But not only that, I, you can't downplay the talent of one Kalen Balage. That guy showed up and shelled out. I mean, just came in out of nowhere off the practice squad. He was a, a running back, a backup running back in Miami. Comes off the practice squad and does a great job. He did very, very well for them. Um, and, and clearly, he's no Eckler out of the backfield. Eckler is more of a change of pace back to me. But it was a huge, huge uh, coup to have a guy like Kalen Balage on your team. He he was nice, but I I do think Eckler is is a full time back. I think he proved it last year during the holdout of 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 Gordon. Yeah, he so Eckler had had um during that span. I think it was what six games that that he because he got hurt. I remember during that span he had uh, I mean an incredible average. His his yards per carry were just amazing. But this season, the, he was more or less when he was healthy. He was more or less used as a change of pace guy, which was kind of weird. Played like three games, right? But in those games, he received. I, I think he had more passing yards than he had rushing. But yards. I mean, the same thing can be said with uh, Kamara. But but Kamara to me has zoned in. Like, yes, I can't be the number one back and the change of pace. Kamara has become the number one guy. And I think there. I think um, Eckler is much of the same. I think he just needs that full season to, to really go out and prove. It. And th- to me, this year was going to be that year, but he, he had gotten hurt. Health is a factor. That's that's one big issue for him. I don't I don't see it being a long term factor because health hasn't been a consistent problem with Eckler this year for sure. Right, but it's been the one injury. It's not like he had numerous. a million. Yep. Um, next up, you got the Jets. They fire Adam Gase after two seasons. Uh, the Jets CEO says he's quote unquote sick of losing and that he's quote unquote a huge fan of Sam Darnold, but he leaves Darnold's fate in the hands of Joe Douglas, the general manager, who says we've got a lot of decisions to make. Um, the Jets are a nightmare from in the front office. They're, they're falling apart at the seams, and they're, they're clearly in the middle of, of, I mean, what, the third year of a rebuild at this point? The Fourth Jets year? are a nightmare at every situation except for quarterback. I agree with Jets CEO yep. here. I still like Sam Darnold. He has nothing to work with. 
Uh, yeah, Sam Darnold, I mean, well, they did lose a, a good amount of receivers. Um, I don't think Adam Gase was the answer over there. I don't. We, we both said we didn't think Adam Gase's cracked out ass was the, the, <laughs> the his wild-eyed his wild-eyed stare at his press conference. We both said that he wasn't the the answer. And you saw you saw the the shades of what a good Sam Darnold looks like in in the win against the Rams, the win against the Browns. Yep. Two teams that are in the playoffs, mind you. Yep. Um, and and I like I, you know I I'm agreeing with you. I like Sam Darnold. I think the guy needs more weapons. He took his weapon away. Yep. He and, got he got rid of Robbie Anderson, who who went to Carolina and shined. Yep. He did well. I I and they they need a running back. They they need a lot of things over there. And and now I will say Robbie Anderson I think does better when there's another good receiver on the team. I you have Curtis Samuel over there. Right. In Jets' last year when he was just the guy, he kind of floundered. I I think he does well when he has other supporting talent exactly but and i mean a lot of situations that's that's every receiver i mean every good every good degree uh, every good receiver um has a problem being alone aj green has a problem being being mm-hmm. alone it's the you don't get elite ones very often that can go triple teaming i don't care yeah and and i and think like people like calvin that, that, that's not a player you get every day it's and you can't expect a guy to have um, no name receivers and just the one receiver and go, oh yeah, fine, just triple cut. No, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's it's a rarity that you that you see one guy that is just the guy and no supporting cast around him. Um, I mean, even uh, I mean, in Buffalo, it's kind of humorous because because Stephon Diggs is the number one over there. We know that, but in a situation like Buffalo, they've got like a Cole Beasley who John has, Brown and John Brown. Both guys who they have got proven a good, they got a good receiving core. Yep. So and 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 Cole Beasley and John Brown aren't guys that are gonna uh, uh, you know set the world on fire, but they're good number two receivers, kind of a, mm-hmm. in the fashion of an Anquan Bolden was yeah, to but, Larry but Fitzgerald. But D- Diggs has kind of proven that he he can handle the the, the workload of, of a one and only. You look at those games in which. Thielen wasn't playing, and and, yep. he's, and he would go out there and ball out. Yep. Diggs is a is a is a rare type of receiver. I'm he's, not gonna I'm not gonna put him levels like, like a Calvin yet, but um, no, he, he's proven he can play when it, when he's relied on. Yeah, and and he's been doing a great job over there in Buffalo. Elsewhere, Jacksonville, they fired their head coach Doug Marone, um, mm-hmm. general manager Dave Caldwell. They're interviewing the Ohio State coaches, Urban Meyer and Ryan Day. Um, Urban hasn't been coaching in in a minute. What do you make of this? I think Urban. I'm not, not to take away from Urban Meyer, he, and he could prove me wrong, but I think he's so used to being in a situation where he can just scout whoever he wants and, and, and gets the cream of the crop of, of talent that he's going to be he'd be walking into a situation that it's not how it works in the NFL. Yeah, and we we've seen this in the past with Nick Saban. We we watched Saban go to the Dolphins, Chip, and and that went to hell. Chip Kelly, same thing. I I mean, you you see these college coaches, it's. It's the segue into the pros. You know, you're in the college ranks. It's time to go to the pros. That's just how you get there. But I, I don't. I'm kind of in agreement with you. OSU coaches. I'm kind of looking at kind of like OSU quarterbacks, where you know you saw what happened with Dwayne Haskins. He fell apart. These OSU coaches, like you said, they they get the cream of the crop guys, but you're not gonna. That's not gonna happen on draft day. You know, you're not gonna have ten number one picks. Uh, I like. I like. Uh... Urban Meyer better as a GM, to be honest with you, and that could very well be, you know, what what we're looking at. I, and I think he'll end up getting the, the the both package, getting full rights there. But I I like him better as a GM because you can't sit there and tell me that he's not a good scouter. See, and and I don't know how I feel about the full rights package. That's the thing you you see it. It's kind of failing in in New England now. 
You know, and and for a long time, it, yep, it's beginning because they haven't had a good draft in many years. Right, it just failed in Houston, so and, and you saw that one fall apart with Bill O'Brien. I, I don't know. That I might still not, disagree with the Bill O'Brien firing. I, I would have fired him to be G, from GM rights. I think he still made a good head coach there. Yeah, I thought he was a good coach. I there there are problems over the GM issue. He kind of costed his team a lot. Uh, they they got. Basically, just railed. Oh no, hundred percent. They got railed like, on that Hopkins he, being fired from GM made sense, but to me, he's still a good head coach. Right. I, I think that they somewhere in their mind, it was just an all or nothing type of thing. Um, but the the Hopkins trade was was just a, a bad bad trade. Um, and, and now they're sitting here again with no first round draft pick, despite being a bottom of the barrel team. Exactly. Um, speaking of firings, the Vikings went out and fired their special teams coordinator, Marwan Malouf. Um, we saw that kind of coming with all the kicker issues, Dan Bailey kind of falling apart this season. Vikings had a ton of special team problems. And, uh, the bigger one though is, uh, Gary Kubiak after providing the Vikings with a top five offense is eyeing retirement. Um, I, I'm annoyed with it. More than anything, we've been through three offensive coordinators in three years, and I'm just kind of going, "Huh? Hey, why would you retire now?" And and I, deep down, I'm going, "Please give us some offensive coordinator, some young offensive coordinator that is is creative and talented." And you know, Kubiak was a hell of an offensive coordinator, and I don't think Kubiak was that good of a head coach, in spite of the Super Bowl stuff and whatever the case may be. I think he kind of just fell into it, to be honest with you. Gary Kubiak did. He fell into a good situation with, with a guy like Peyton Manning hanging around. Mm-hmm. But um, when, I, when I'm when i sitting here and I'm talking about uh, uh, great offensive coordinators, I think Gary Kubiak ranks up there with a lot of them in, in this league. Um, and this was his one year as, this, as the offensive coordinator. I mean, he was overseeing Kevin Stefanski, or, well, I guess kind of answering to Kevin Stefanski in a way because Kevin Stefanski was the offensive coordinator technically last year and Kubiak was more of an offensive, uh, uh, how how would you put that, kind of uh, an assistant, I guess you could say. It was weird. but um, Bring in Dan Quinn. Yeah, I could I could see Dan Quinn. They've been a good yep, offensive team forever. Their offenses have been huge. The big thing about it is they're a very big, what, passing offense and you know you you don't want to take away from a guy like Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is the kind of guy who is as of, as of right now just got signed to a huge contract. It's a huge deal. So I want to see whether or not uh the Vikings are going to be able to fill that vacancy. One team that did continue the having that vacancy filled was the Cowboys. Offensive coordinator Kellen Moore signed to a 3-year extension. Um I love this move. I like it. I like it a lot. He's 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 great at what he does. He's been doing really well for them for a long time, and the offense has never, ever, ever, ever been the problem in Dallas with the all of the receivers they have. The the uh, I mean, obviously they have one of the best running backs in the league that has not performed like one of the best running backs in the league in the last year. I don't know what's going on with Ezekiel Elliott. I think a lot of it has to do with the offensive line injuries, but I'm, I'm and becoming one dimensional because. Having Dak around um, made it to where you, it could be passing because he's a he's a four thousand yard passer. Well, yeah, it could be, so they they honed in on on Elliott and it, and it took a big difference the moment Dak was out of the game. It, it required Andy Dalton to to throw the football, which I mean I don't think anybody expected him to do well. I mean let's be real. 
Um, so that's going on. Uh, speaking of uh, head coaching's general ma- head coaching and general managers, the Lions are eyeing Seahawks general manager John Snyder. Um, that's a huge coup. If you can manage to nab John Snyder, get him to leave. Seattle. Get him to leave Seattle for Detroit. That is a huge deal. Um, I I think that's that's ballsy. <laughs> that's the best way to put it. Ballsy. Um, you you're getting. A general manager who is proven, a general manager who consistently takes his team to the playoffs, in spite of the fact you and I have sat on this very podcast and said, hey, I don't think the Seahawks are going to be a playoff team. Hey, I don't think the Seahawks are going to be, you know, a Super Bowl caliber team. Hey, I don't think the Seahawks are going to finish number one in their division. And every year, Here here we are, the Seahawks in the playoffs, competing for a Super Bowl. Saw something we didn't in Metcalf. Yeah, I mean, we we both sat here saying this guy's a workout warrior. This is what we were saying. And here's DK Metcalf blowing things up. I mean, I this guy is a proven general manager. Could you imagine what could happen in Detroit if John Snyder gets pulled? He, if I'm putting together a top five list of GMs, he's one of them. Yep, and, and in the meantime, they're also and, – and, this guy is is interviewing elsewhere. The 49ers defensive coordinator, Robert Saleh, that guy is a great defensive coordinator. The 49ers have had great defenses for the last several years, and they're interviewing him. And this is a guy that gets it because he altered his entire defensive stance to based on Richard Sherman. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, okay, well, this guy can't cover man worse shit. Let's go ahead and run all zone. I mean, this is a good defensive coordinator, and he might be good for a, a, a head coaching position, given his track record. I like him a lot. I think he's very smart. But the one other guy that, and that I think teams need to be looking at, and he's interviewing with the Falcons this week, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Bust. You think he's a bust? He, he, he doesn't got to do anything. you got one of the greatest head coaches in the history of the league as a head coach. Yeah, that I, is I, I don't trust Eric Eric Benemy. I, I, I like um, Andy Reid. I think uh, Andy Reid is the mastermind. It's, to me, it's, it's the same logic between don't hire him, what's his dick from New England. Oh, yeah, and, and a lot of folks are, are saying, hey, don't hire him. And, and Eric Bieniemy. a lot of folks are big on Bieniemy. A lot of folks believe that, that he's the guy that you know has, has made the Chiefs' offense as volatile as it is. I... I I kind of like him. The jury's still out, though. I, if he wins a bowl this year with Andy Reid, I understand that Andy Reid is there. If he wins a bowl this year, I don't know that Eric Bieniemy is. Um, yeah, I don't know that you can deny him. I don't know that you can say he's not good. I mean, you, you'd have to give him a chance, but I can, I can say he's not good all I want. <laughs> you, you're not. You don't like the guy. I don't understand. I don't understand. He, he's been the offensive coordinator. And his first year was conveniently the year that they started um, Patrick Mahomes in the first year. So, uh-huh. no, no. Well, no. I mean, he was, uh, Patrick Mahomes was in his second year that year. I mean, his first year as a starter. <laughs> first year as a starter, I don't know. Convenient. Maybe he's a quarterback whisperer. You don't know. Maybe he's the new quarterback whisperer. Oh, so we're just going to erase the history of, of uh, Andy Reid um, doing God among men with quarterbacks yeah. and running backs. No, yeah. Um, so, uh, Dolphins offensive coordinator Chan Gailey resigns after one year at the helm. Um, strange, to be honest with you. I thought they had a hell of a year, uh, given the circumstances. I, I like, uh, Chan Gailey. 
I think, to be honest, I'm I'm kind of surprised that they did that, given how the Dolphins narrowly, I mean, we're talking narrowly missed the playoffs. I thought their offense was very good this year. Um, their, their defense obviously was better, but I, I'm surprised by this. Chan Gailey is a good offensive coordinator. Um, I don't know if he's eyeing retirement or if he's just, you know, going elsewhere or what. Maybe he maybe the decision comes down to um his style doesn't mesh with the fact that they're gonna that the Dolphins have are committing to two as their starter going forward. Right. So maybe the the difference in gameplay just doesn't mesh well so so they know they gotta stick with Tua. They got a lot invested in him so they wanna go a different route to get someone that can run that style better. Right. And and the Dolphins general manager Chris Greer has come out and said Tua is our starter going forward, which kinda doesn't bode well for uh, old Fitz Magic there. Fitz Magic's the reason they are they're where they're, they're at. Yeah, he's convenient every time like, oh we're gonna bench Tua and they're down, all of a sudden here comes Fitzger Fitzpatrick and uh they, they win the game. Yeah, and, and I'm not a huge fan of, of the whole Fitzpatrick situation. I, I think that um I think they kinda did him dirty. He was six and three when they benched him. I, I don't like that. Or was it was it six and two, six and one? Something yeah, they, like that. They just um after a big win they's like, Oh, we're gonna go two next week. Like why? Yeah. And it, it kind of made no sense. They put Tua in the game and, and it was like he was just on that last series. They had the game wrapped up. They put Tua in the game on the last series and then the next game out of nowhere they said, Oh, this guy's gonna start. I don't understand the logic. It was kinda weird. Fitzpatrick was playing good ball. I, I it and just what sucks for them is Tua's not the guy. Yeah, and I don't think he is. I still I almost, almost not gonna commit to it. I'd almost um take Haskins over to Tua. Almost. I, here's my thing about I, I wouldn't take Haskins over Tua. I'm not gonna go that far. But what I will say is that Tua didn't play as well as as Fitzpatrick. Did he play well enough? Yeah. Is he ever gonna be a top tier quarterback? We got that'll be is yet to be seen. I mean, he's. I I think he over with some development, he could turn into something special. And maybe that's why they're going to wrap the OC just to, to give him the proper development he needs. Right, and and that could very well be the case. Tua could wind up being a, a great quarterback in this league. I think my issue with Tua always comes down to durability. Can the guy stay healthy? Um, and it and it's always been that way. We were talking about in the draft. The guy's beat to hell coming out of the draft. He goes into Miami. He's got he's got what a shoulder issue, a leg issue. I mean. If you're making all these changes to an offense that was good, you're moving on from Fitzpatrick that basically got you to the playoffs, narrowly. Mm -hmm. um, you're kind of doing this weird quasi-rebuild thing for no reason. I'd say jump two feet in. Hire Michael Vick as your offensive coordinator. That's ballsy. Try it. That's ballsy. Yeah, and, and Michael... Mike, At least QB coach. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Vick is out there right now, and he's he is coaching. And so. reason being, why not? You got a quarterback that, that's going to... Thrive in a, in a run heavy um, qu quarterback running system. Mm -hmm. Bring in a guy that can, that can, that can teach him properly. Right. And saying OC is probably too ballsy, but yeah, QB yeah. coach, QB coach, bring QB I, coach. I, I wouldn't make him the offensive coordinator. That and bring in someone like obviously I don't see um, Don Martindale leaving the Ravens. No, but um, someone someone that's not Don Martindale um or OC um bring in someone that's got a history working with mobile quarterbacks that can that could. Support Vic in his development for Tua. Yep, and and I I just I believe Greg Roman. Greg Roman. There you go. Um, I believe that that Tua shouldn't be the starter um, over there. But hey, you know they're going to do what they're going to do. I know that they want to develop this guy and give him a shot. So I mean, good for them. 
I, I mean, for the Dolphins' sake, I hope it works out. But you never really know. I want to see how healthy this guy is going to stay. If the Dolphins are smart, they're going to go into this draft and they're going to draft a quarterback at some point. Whether it be in the, it should be in the earlier rounds too. You should be looking at a Brock Purdy. You should be looking at a Trey Lance. You should be looking at those guys so you can scoop one, stick one behind them. And it's going to be kind of that weird RG3, Kirk Cousins situations that we saw in, in Washington a few years back. That's what you're going to see. But it's going to be that competition there. And that's what I think needs to happen in Miami. Um, next up, you got the Giants defense coordinator, Patrick Graham. He signs an extension with the Giants. They didn't disclose how many years it was going to be. Um, he had interviews to coach elsewhere in the league, but that Giants defense was so good this year. A lot of people, because of the record, the record doesn't reflect how good that defense Not was. at all. Um, it kind of got overshadowed by the fact that Washington's defense was just Lights significantly out. better. Yeah. But Giants' defense was phenomenal this year, despite how the season went. And, and so That's actually been a, a, a division of fairly good defense. I mean, because Eagles wasn't terrible this year. No, they weren't as Cowboys bad. weren't great. No. But Eagles, even the Eagles' defense was improved. I mean, we're talking like low 20s to like probably high teens, but it's still yeah. an improvement. The, the, the Washington defense and the Giants' defense is easier, particularly Washington's. Here's the thing about Washington's defense. They have not missed on a draft getting these defensive guys, the Montez Sweats of the world, the Chase Youngs of the world. And Chase Young was more of an easy hit. Yeah. And he's proven to be a very, very good player and a, and a big piece to that defense. But, no, you're right. They, they've, they've hit these defensive players every year. Mm. They bring in these uh, veterans every year that kind of help um, solidify that defense. Big name, pass rushing, young, fast. That's what we're looking at. That's what we're looking for. And, and that's what they brought in. And it's worked. It's worked. Chase Young had a great year. I don't, and and a lot of people are saying, you know, defensive rookie of the year, whatever the case. There's a lot of, uh, and and especially in the last two games, final two games of the year, Chase Chase Young was lights out. Oh, he he played great ball. Um, I would actually go as far as saying the last three games. That Chase, defense is a big reason why they're in the playoffs. I mean, two they had two big wins in a row. You take you take one of those wins away, the one against Seattle, the one against Pittsburgh. They're not in the playoffs. Right. And and Chase Young, I think, is is just was a huge factor in that. And so was Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat is is kind of everybody's talking he about Chase Young. He was looking kind of busty at first. Right. But he's starting to really come into his own. He came into his own and, and the big thing about Montez Sweat is being a pass rusher. That he, you know He's quick. He's faster than hell. And what they did so when they brought him in, he's listed as a linebacker, is what he was originally listed at. As I don't know if you remember, he was listed as an outside linebacker. They moved him to edge. And they made him an edge rusher. And that's fine. You can blitz a guy out of the linebacker position, no problem. And that's what he is good at. That's what he's he, he's not good in a pass coverage situation backing off. Montez Sweat's been one of the unsung heroes of the of that squad. Um but if you look at the Giants right now, the Giants defense is it was remarkably good. Uh, and it far better than what we have seen in previous years. Absolutely, they were they were a very very good defense. I watched the Giants get lit up for thirty plus points quite a few times. Now it's a different story. So here we are, the Giants. They get their defensive coordinator back. I like this re-signing. I thought it was smart on the Giants' end, and uh, hopefully Homeboy got a raise because uh, wow, great great signing and great defense. Um, we've got the Texans. Hiring their the Patriots director of player personnel Nick Casario as the new general manager, um, I actually kind of like this move. I I it's think okay. it's smart. Now look, 
we, we've seen here in Detroit, the Patriot way doesn't work as far as, you know, okay, well, I'm a Patriot GM, and I'm going to go get my Patriot coach with all my old Patriot players, and I'm going to bring them all to Detroit. And we, we, we saw that that doesn't work. Okay, we, we, we saw that. But this guy is director of player personnel. I understand that Bill Belichick has been running that general manager gambit for a minute without uh, oh, what's-his-face coming over to Detroit here. But in this situation, this guy, I think he, he works hand-in-hand hand with Belichick. I think this is a smart move, and I think he understands the, the game. I think he's going to be able to bring in some good players get the Texans back to where they need to be. They need a number one receiver. They need corners. J.J. Watt's talking about leaving, so they need pass rushers. They need work. They need some work, and I think this guy could be the guy to do it. I I don't see it. Yeah. But we'll, we'll this will be one of those time will tell things. The, uh, the opinion on New, Eng- New England personnel is a little sour right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, particularly, I mean, Particularly with the Detroit situation, I think I think there's there's a lot of people going, "Huh, hey. um, Detroit, it, it, they they didn't wind up in a good position um, when when you know they they started doing everything the Patriot way." You you constantly heard that around town, the Patriot way. Um, and and to be honest with you, I I mean this guy, it could be good, it could be bad. Um, I, I'm hoping it's good for him. To be honest with you, I like the Texans a lot. But they've got a lot of work to be done. Um, I think the Texans could be okay in this situation. And uh, next up, you got John Elway. He's no longer the general manager of the Denver Broncos. He's now the president of football operations. They're looking for a GM. Um, and uh, head coach Vic, Vic Fangio and the general manager will both report to Elway. It's a promotion technically for Elway, but he's no longer the general manager of the Denver Broncos. Obviously, um, and, and so Elway was running both. He was the GM and the president of football operations. They basically took the GM role away from him. And boot, I think he was actually the vice president of football operations. He got bumped up to the president of football operations. Um, Elway, uh, I don't think he was very good as a general manager, to be honest with you. No, I would I would agree. I, I think Elway was hit or miss. I, I You know, and they've had a lot of success with, with, you know, they won a Super Bowl and that's great. Okay. Um, he also stumbled into the Peyton Manning situation. You know, that's that was the, the thing about Elway being general manager. You can sit there and, and say, oh, yeah, yeah, Elway was a great general manager. Well, I don't know about all that. What I do know is that Peyton Manning took that team to a Super Bowl. You know, two in a row. You know, so, I mean, I, I, I would tend to think that it was more on Peyton Manning being a hell of an offensive coordinator slash quarterback than agree, yeah. Than a John Elway situation, John Elway, and and to be honest, I I don't think John Elway gets the job done if ownership doesn't say, "Hey, Peyton Manning's out there on the block, go get him." You know, I I don't think that happens. Um, Vic Fangio, there, however, has said Drew Locke could be the starting quarterback for the Broncos in twenty one to twenty twenty one, but he needs to approve. I love just the look on your face as soon as I said Drew Locke. You just soured up like, <laughs> like I have never. You hate this guy. Dude's ter- terrible. You hate him so much. He, he's not good. I, I don't think he's, he's not, not good. He's not good. I, I mean, are Dump there, him, sign Haskins. Oh, God. Get better off. Oh, God. 
No, absolutely not. <laughs> you're just going to say every player you don't like is just like Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> you're, you're just going to be like, uh, we, you need a new offensive tackle. That guy's terrible. Fuck it. Sign Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> like, what is this shit? I, I, no, you, want, I, you want me to say Josh Rosen? Oh, God, that's even worse. No, I, I think um, I think Drew Locke is a, is a decent quarterback. Do I think he's great? No. Um, it, Sup, under 60% completion percentage. Uh, yeah. Under 3,000 yards, 15 interceptions. Yep. I mean, it's it, terrible. And now it, it, the question for me is going to become, is it, is it a, uh, is it a scheme thing or is it, uh, I mean, I don't like Vic Fangio as a coach. It's a, I think Vic Fangio is garbage. It's a, uh, Drew Locke's brain and Drew Locke's arm problem. <laughs> I th- well, I think he's got enough arm. Okay, well, power maybe, but accuracy no. Yeah, I mean, there are questions there. I think it's more of his vision than any. I'll I'll take um the accuracy of Lamar and Allen and Josh Allen in their rookie year. Yeah. Before I take uh, Drew Lock now. <laughs> God, I, I mean, you really just hate I, I you know part of me just deep down really hopes Drew Lock goes like and wins a bowl or something just just so you can just be like oh, I kind of don't hate him anymore. He doesn't suck that bad. I'm waiting for it. It's, you'll be you'll, you'll die first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, next up, you got the Falcons owner Arthur Blank says no player is off limits, including Matt Ryan or Julio Jones. Now I know both those contracts are hard to get out of um, with the size of them. We saw Matt Ryan get signed to that huge deal a few years ago. We see Julio Jones; he got signed to a huge deal. Um, we know that they're big deals. What do you make of this? I don't think Matt Ryan goes anywhere. He's still young. He still has arguably another eight years if you. In, in quarterback life now? Well, I don't know. He's, what, 36? I don't think he's that old. He's, like, he's in his well, mid-30s, I believe. He's probably, he's probably another five years left. Though. Yeah, I think he's got a but tread on the tires. Julio's probably beginning to make that. that, And he's still been great. I mean, mm-hmm. he's starting to make that. I, I think you you do trade Julio. You have teams that have been talking about bringing in a uh, surefire receiver mm-hmm. that could use it, like, like, a, like a Baltimore or someone. I, I think you can get rid of Julio. Maybe a career resurgence in Houston. Houston, too. Mm-hmm. Houston could be the spot. Um, I, I, the, the problem is, is the, the level of the contract, the size of the contract. You, you've got so much Falcons guaranteed are, money. Well, they'll, they'll have to eat some of it, but they're, they're on their way to rebuild anyway. I don't even think it's some, I mean, it, we're, we're, <laughs> we're talking a lot of money. I don't even, I don't even remember what the actual hit was, but I know both those contracts are tough to get out from under. The problem for Julio Jones or, or for a team trading, trading for Julio Jones is Julio's, uh, uh, Let's face the fact, over the last couple of years, as he's aged, Julio's in his 30s now, he is injury-prone. I mean, durability has become an issue for Julio. Yeah, they'd be taking a nasty hit on this. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, now, in a lot of these situations, it depends on how they they lay it out. The the hit for trading him this year, uh, I don't know what the number was. Did you see the number? It was like 28. 28. So, I mean, I, I think they can expand that over the four years, but it's just the point. It's, it's, uh, or the well, three after years. this, it's 15 next year, 11 the year after, and 11, 23. 15, 11, and 11. They could absorb the 11. I could see that. Um, but, but beyond that, their best out is after 22. So they're going to two years with them. At that point, I can get the value out of them in the trade. Right. That'll be. Because even now you're you're not you're you're going to get like a third rounder. Yeah, I don't I don't think you're getting a lot for him. An aging receiver with durability issues. Uh, I don't know. And and is Julio still great? Yeah, he's still great. But it, I, it seems like every year he's hurt. We're talking about Calvin Ridley having to pick up the slack. 
this year. Julio was hurt. Um, so we got to deal with that. Um, also, uh, the Panthers offensive coordinator Joe Brady, he's interviewing with the Falcons, the Texans, the Chargers for the vacant head coaching position. I don't know how I feel about this. I'm okay with this. I, I think the Panthers had a pretty good offense this year, and you didn't have your star player for all of it. Yeah, yeah, you didn't have Christian McCaffrey. I, I think a lot of their, their stuff centers around McCaffrey. Obviously, the, the I think the team did well without him, though. They did, okay. um, they did the best they could. Yeah, they did the best they could. I think the I think Teddy Bridgewater needs some work. I, they they've gone on record as saying that that Teddy Bridgewater has to have quote unquote a really great off season in order to be named the starter. Um, to be honest with you, Bridgewater he played well. Um, I, I he didn't he wasn't anything crazy amazing, but he played well. Um, I don't I don't know how I feel about it. I. I I think the guy. I don't think the guy's ready for a head coaching position. To be honest with you, and, I don't think he's prepared. And for you're that. probably right there, but I, I, I think he's done well with with what they've had, and they've had a lot. They've gone through a lot of different injuries and stuff. I, I, I think they, they can still be a good team with with Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I have questions. And Bridgewater, he's his. He was on a one year deal, was he not? Yeah. So I mean, Bridgewater about to hit the free agent market. That'll be entertaining. Um, he'll get he'll get more in his new contract than he did. On this one, yeah, maybe um, one million. He'll get more than one million. Oh, yeah, that's right. He only got the one million dollar deal. Um, one thing I don't agree with is the Bengals retaining head coach Zach Taylor for a third season. I didn't like him when he was signed from the get. I don't mind it because um, you you lost your your uh, quarterback. I, I get and, that. and he was getting hot, and, and they would have been a dangerous team. Second half to play. I get that, the that they they lost their quarterback. I don't buy Zach Taylor. I just haven't. I I don't think he's you, got a good scheme. You, you can't. You can't. You can't. Um. Fire him on a season in which he lost his his, his golden players right right as they were getting hot too. So you so owe him that chance. So what happens if he you know if he goes out and they have uh, uh, they have Joe Burrow back out there and then Joe Burrow goes down with an un- another injury? Do we do we stick him back on the hot seat or we just continue to go with more of the same? Well, at a certain point, obviously, it, but that that becomes next the year. The, of the day. Next year, it's um. Playoffs where you're fired though. You got a hot quarterback. You got got to get in. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, so we, we talked about this a little off the air. I want to talk to talk. I want to talk to you about it. Um, you know, a little more on here. I kind of agree with your sentiment about the Eagles benching Jalen Hurts, uh, the final game of the season in favor of Nate Sudfield. Um, the Giants fans, players, coaches say that they quote unquote disrespected the game and claim they were purposely trying to keep the Giants out by purposely losing. Um, I agree. I honestly, I agree with them that that I think that's what they, exactly what the Eagles were doing. And I think they knew. But you can't sit here and say that the Eagles were the only team purposely trying to lose in Week 17. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I know. My Vikings and, and the Detroit Lions were over if here. If they were purposely trying to do it, Hurts wouldn't have played at all. Right, yeah. I, because in one sense, if say Hurts would have tore his ACL or blew his Achilles in Week 17. Mm-hmm. He would not be ready until about midseason. Right, right, right. So right. I get it. I I kind of get it. I, am I then now? Grant, I'm not saying it wasn't on purpose because it probably still was. Yeah, but I still get it. I I why get it. why play have your start, your starters play in a game that really doesn't mean anything? I we we gonna we gonna yell at the Steelers for letting the Browns in the playoffs? No, 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 no. no. I I get it that that they didn't want to put Hurts in in a situation where he could get hurt and whatever the case may be. Hurts hurt, get it there? Yeah, that's great. Um, but at the same time, uh, I I feel like I feel like there's silly things that go on 
Um, and it, it like, like that, that is one of those silly things where it's like, okay, here, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to, I'm going to put a, I'm going to put a, a quarterback in just so I can screw my fellow, uh, uh, divisional guy. I'm going to put a guy in that it, it just, it defeats the purpose of football. The purpose of football is to win the football game. And, and that's what I think it is. I think that, that if you're not trying to win the game, you are disrespecting the game. I, I feel like that that is wholeheartedly one hundred. Talk about the Lions correct. and the Vikings. Yeah, absolutely, because the, they were disrespecting the game, um, trying to get the higher draft pick. But but here's the thing: I got two thoughts. And, on and, this. and look at the Eagles' situation. Look at their situation. Where did they wind up with that loss in the in the draft settings? Top five, top five and pick. So two things on this: if you don't want to have to rely on a team to get in the playoffs, win. Yeah, I agree with that. That that's the one point I feel where I lot, agree with. It. I feel a lot more pity for the Dolphins than I do the New York Giants. Right, right, I do. And the other thing is, how can you blame the Eagles when you when you're in a league that rewards bad being play. bad? Yeah, they reward bad play. I mean, you can't change that because you can't you can't go and and risk like the best team getting them an overall draft pick. You you can't change it. it. It is what it is. But right, if your season's done as a smart organization, like, oh. Let's get the best possible player in the draft. Mm. And and I, I think the 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 reason for the Hurts starting, I mean, let's let's be real here. So a few years back, we had the fire sale in Miami. Well, obviously was what last year, well, two years ago. You had the fire sale in Miami, where they went out and just started dumping players. I mean, you remember that. They dumped Minka Fitzpatrick. They they, they started dumping all these guys, getting all these draft picks, and they wound up with three draft picks for this upcoming draft. Or the 2020 draft and the 2021 draft. I think they've got two, including one where they dumped one to Houston. Mm-hmm. So they have Houston's draft pick in the top five. So, and and the league went through and investigated. Hey, are you purposely tanking? What's going on here? And the the league kind of stomped their feet a little bit and said, "What the hell is going on?" I think in the Eagles' case, they had to make it look like they were trying when they really weren't. Kind of same with the Vikings and the Lions. They had to make it look like they gave a crap and look like they were trying in these games that did not matter to them anyway. But at the end of the day, they really did matter because they wanted to lose, and that's I what I think it was. Plus, the other thing, too, is for the Giants to say they purposely wanted to keep us out. It's like, okay, I, division rivals, typically you don't, you don't want them to do well. Right. But it's not like they played the Dolphins, like a team they, they wouldn't care. It was, another, it was another division rival. Right. So we're going we're gonna to get into what team they hate more? No, it's your division. You hate them all. <laughs> yeah, and I can agree with that. I I don't, and I I guess there was a lot of a lot of issue on the sidelines about putting Jalen Hurts in. I guess the um the the offensive line was was uh, pretty pissed to be honest. With you. Yeah, I know, that, and see that's where, see that's where I think the problem comes is I don't give a shit about the Giants, mm-hmm. but what I do care about is, is the there seems to be some dissension some, in the ranks in 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 in, in Philly. Yeah, and and decision within their own team. That's the only that's the only part I care about. I don't give a shit that they hurt the Giants' feelings. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, and I I just it, it's one of those things where I'm like, mm, mm, it's it's questionable. There's debates to be had. Um, elsewhere in Philadelphia, Carson Wentz finished as a healthy scratch. Um, in in week 17, he's requesting a trade in the off season. Howie Roseman, the general manager, he says it's not anything we're talking about right now. Do you think Carson Wentz gets traded? I do. That's going to be a nasty cap hit. Yep, nasty, it's going to be a big nasty. one. He's got three years left on the deal. It was 128 million. Um, we know we know it was gigantic. 
Um, there are teams where he could land. It, it really depends on, on you know, I, and it depends on what they get for him, really. I mean, they, they could, I believe he's young enough, and I believe that Carson Wentz is talented enough to wind up garnering a number of first round draft pick. I would Honestly. agree. I, I think, and with the contract being the way it is, I mean, it's going to be low first round or maybe high second round, but, but because of the size of the contract. But I think he's still good enough of a player. We got to remember this is the same guy that, that, you know, in a 15 game span last season, he was having a hell of a year. Mm-hmm. And the season before that, he was still having a hell of a year before Nick Foles came onto the scene. So, I mean, Carson Wentz was having two good seasons here. I mean, in, in this year, he had a rough one. I don't know what the hell was going on. Players have down years. But the fact that he's now on your bench, I mean, okay, he's the highest paid backup in, in the NFL right now. I mean, it, it's insanity. Carson Wentz should be getting traded. Carson, they, they should be looking toward, toward, hey, you know, I'll give you this guy for a first rounder and go get something for it. I mean, don't, don't, don't dump the guy uh, and get nothing for him. You got to get something. You got to get something. Um, it, 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 there's no sense in having the guy and just maintaining him just because. It, it's just silly. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, Falcons and former Texans quarterback Matt Schaub retiring. Um, he didn't already? <laughs> he's he's getting out of here. Did uh, did, In his interview to retire, did he go, and you get a pick six, and you, you get, get a pick, pick six. six. <laughs> you know, I... Here's the thing. Schaub, when in his first few years with the Texans, he did well. I, he was a very good quarterback early on. Very good quarterback. He he and he didn't do half bad when he came in in relief in in the Falcons with the Falcons either. Um, bad in his final tenure with the Texans. Um, that that last year with the Texans was just abysmal, um, and they wound up releasing him at the end of the year. Sometimes I think uh, uh, these teams get a little knee jerky. You know, they they see a guy having a down year and oh, get rid of him. Well, it'd been a couple down years for him, though. Yeah, I think it was two. I think he had two two bad. No, I, I supported them dumping him after what he did. Yeah, um, Matt Schaub. I, I I like Matt Schaub. I think I think he's a good quarterback. I'm happy for him. He's getting out of Dodge. He's what I think he's in his in his mid to late thirties now. <clears throat> I think he was thirty seven, thirty six, somewhere in there. He's up there. That doesn't even show me his age. How? How dare you? <laughs> He's 39. <clears throat> 39. Jesus, I'd get out too. Golly. Although, you know, he was just sitting on the bench, just warming it for Matt Ryan. So, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, in his last full season, he threw for 4,000 yards, 22 touchdowns, 12 picks. Not a bad year. But then he got benched halfway through the year. The next <clears> year, <throat> in which halfway through, he had 2,300. So, on pace for good, we had 10 touchdowns and 14 interceptions, only through eight games. Yeah, I was going to say, he had a big, a lot of interceptions that season. Um, and that, that was with the the great Andre Johnson on his team, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. Yep. So, I mean, there's that. The second best receiver in team history. Yep. Talking about, uh, oh yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. I think Hopkins is better yep. than Andre Johnson. Now, uh, speaking of retirements, Colts quarterback Phillip Rivers says he will either return to the Colts in 2021 or he is retiring and is done. To be honest, I think it's leaning toward a retirement situation. I think you re-sign him and play it out. I, I like the idea of re-signing him. Or if you think you have the quarterback you want to go with, then then yeah, I, I understand it. Well, that's the thing. They've got this Jacob Eason sitting behind him right now. 
and, and then Andor potential like like a, like a Wentz or a Stafford or something like that. Right. And because I I kind of compare it to it's the same freaking team. Um, yeah. You have Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. You know he's in the way to retirement. Do you give up on a potential stud quarterback, or do you or you or you let that quarterback go and you hang on to Peyton Manning for? At, at at the time, they thought he only had like a year or two left. Right. But no, they made a decision. Like, no, we got to go with Andrew Luck. I think a big thing is is he could wind up being a cap casualty in this situation because could. his contract is twenty five million for a one year deal, um, and he's probably talking around the same moving into next year. Um, is he is he a Drew Brees caliber quarterback? I think he's a, maybe a step below that. Just a step. Just a step. But um, Drew Brees is making twenty five mil. You know, so so we're talking about potentially signing this guy for around the same amount moving into next year. They've got cap. They probably have a cap issue over there that I'm willing to bet they're they're going to have to address at some point in time. Getting that 25 million off the books might wind up being a good situation, especially with Jacob Eason on his rookie deal. Eason went what fourth round, third round, and a lot of people are saying that guy should be a first round quarterback. Jacob Eason, he's a good quarterback, good arm. He's kind of got his. Uh, he's not the brightest crayon in the box from what they were saying in the scouting reports, but could be the starter over there and I think it could work out for him. And and really for the discount. That's that's a big thing. You're kind of getting the discount in the situation. 25 million versus what? 10? Yeah. You know, I mean that's a big difference. It makes a big difference in cap space. You get and if you get I a guy might be more than that cuz he's late round. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's probably way less than that. I mean, you're talking, you know, 5, maybe 4. I mean, the the signing bonuses aren't going to be huge for guys in the 3rd and 4th round. So I mean, a guy like Jacob Eason, you could, three. If, yeah, three million. That's total. Con- <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's a low contract. A lot of people believe that that guy should be a a, a first round, no doubt about it, starter. Same with Jake Fromm, who's probably not getting paid anything because I think he went after Eason. He's he's making next year. He makes seven hundred eighty thousand. Yep. So it's nothing. So so we're talking. Uh, what twenty four million dollars saved off the cap just by letting Philip Rivers walk? If Rivers takes a, a pay cut, I'd be like, all right. And I know it's going to be difficult for Phil because he's got you know a baby factory over there at his house. All right, <laughs> but at the same time, you know twenty five million dollars—that's a lot of money going off the books there, especially on a year when you have the salary cap set to go down by ten million dollars. You know, you got this, the cap getting ready to drop. Actually, it's even more than that now. They're talking about taking it down to 175. So if you take it down to 175 and currently it's pushing around the 200 mark, that's a big dump. Mm-hmm. You dump a guy like Phillip Rivers, that basically gets you wherever you need to go. So that might be the move that takes place. Um, moving into, uh, Kevin, we, we've got a, a little bit of, of draft news here. Trevor Lawrence, he does announce that he intends to... to uh, Enter the 2021 NFL Draft. He's going to declare. Um, exciting news. I like Trevor Lawrence. I think a lot of people are crapping on Trevor Lawrence right now, given the performance that took place in the, the playoffs against Ohio it's State. One game. It's one game. I agree with you. How much do you think that that one game, particularly because it was against OSU, and J- and, and uh, how much do you think that, that people are looking at him moving to number two? At this point, it depends if Jacksonville hires Urban Meyer. 
Yeah, and I think I kind and of agree. Urban Meyer goes to Jacksonville. Fields goes number one overall. Yep, and and I agree with that. And I don't. And you know what I think about Justin Fields? And you've heard me say it before. I agree. Bust. I think he's a bust. I'd rather take Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, Tyler. God damn it. I I think Justin Fields is a bust. I think a majority of the OSU quarterbacks and Alabama quarterbacks that come out are busts. Um, the jury's still out on Tua here, but but I really do believe that that. Justin Fields is going to be a bust, but if Urban Meyer goes over there to Jacksonville, you could very well see Fields go number one overall, and it wouldn't surprise me. I saw this conspiracy theory, and it's like you, you just look at it, and you just kind of just like, come on now. What? It says, um, I think that uh, Trevor Lawrence and, and uh, Bill Belichick talked, and they said, and Belichick told him to purposely tank the game to, to, to drop your stock value, and we'll get you at number 14. Like, he ain't going fourteen. He, he could have thrown eight picks. He ain't going fourteen. No, he he could have he could have completely just shit the bed in that game and and the end of the game yeah. stripped to naked, streaked through the stadium, and he'd still go two. Yeah, he'd still go top four, easy. I mean, easy, easy, easy. I, it, it just doesn't make slow sense. down, Mister Mister Conspiracy. Yeah. Well, the the humorous thing is is that he was talking, and and that's the funny thing. He was talking about not going into the draft. Um, because of the Jets. He didn't want to run the possibility of being drafted by the Jets. In the situation, if Urban Meyer goes to Jacksonville, he still winds up running the possibility to get drafted by the Jets. So, I mean, one way or another, it's like, eh, okay. <laughs> like, you're, either way, you're going to New York, pal. So, um, it's destiny. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, we do have some playoff news, which is is good stuff. Uh, the Rams are unsure if Jared Goff is going to start this Saturday in the wild card game versus the Seahawks. Could see John Wolford again. Uh, Wolford played all right. In he played the, all right. Yeah, he didn't play great. He didn't play great by any means. He played all right. He was serviceable against a, like, let, let's face facts, he was very serviceable against a very good Arizona team. Serviceable, but... I'm hearing people say, even if, if if Jared Goff's healthy, you got you got to start Warford. Like, no. no. And granted, <laughs> Goff's not had a fantastic year, but I would not trust him to to run through the playoffs. I think Goff, even though he hasn't had the best year in the world, I think he had a very good year. I, I mean, it, it's not it's not like it was just oh, look at Jared Goff. You know, Jared Goff is just blowing up. Jared Goff had a, had a good year. It wasn't a great year. He had a good year. Um. Jared Goff, I, I, with the hand injury, I don't know how it, you know, I don't know how his throwing strength is. I don't know how his, it, how he's going to be able to grip the football effectively. I don't know what that, what the story is there. But they're talking about Jared Goff coming into this game and being the starter. I think Jared Goff, if I'm being honest, gives you the better shot to win. And oh, 100%. I, and I think it's one of those things where you just kind of got to leave it all on the field. I mean, regardless uh, of of the circumstances. Okay, Jared Goff had hand surgery. I get it, but you know we we got it. We're in the playoffs now. Let's not get cute. If he's able to play, you start Jared Goff. Bingo, exactly. Um, other guys, uh, Saints are optimistic. Alvin Kamara is able to play it for Sunday, which he was on the COVID reserve list for this last week. Um, Michael Thomas as well is practicing on a limited basis. He's on pace to return Sunday. If both these guys are back in the lineup. The Saints suddenly become the most dangerous team. It'll be only the third game that all three that Kamara, Thomas, and Breeze have played together this year. Right, and I think that become they become a far more dangerous team 
than than what they were going into the playoffs. If you get all three of those guys on the field, this is going to be huge, and it's going to be scary. And the Green Bay Packers need to be watching their backs at that point because the Saints. And I feel like Thomas missing has kind of become a good thing because now all of a sudden Emmanuel Sanders got a whole season to build trust with Breeze. Right. Well, and but here's the thing. Drew Brees, and that was another thing, Drew Brees is talking about retirement after this year. So, I mean, this could get a little hairy, um, and and you don't know who the Saints quarterback is going to wind up being. I would assume, I would assume that that we're just going to go with the next man up situation. I, it'll, it'll end up being Taysom Hill. That's what I believe. I believe he's going to flounder, but I think he's done enough to give him that chance to, to um, be the starter. He did really well this year in, in, against all teams that were in the bottom bottom five of defense. Right, maybe that was a a good situation for him to come into. Though I, I mean. think it's it's gonna be very Matt Flynn. <laughs> yeah, you, you're, well, maybe not quite that bad. I don't think it would be. A, uh, no, I I don't I don't think he'll be he'll he will finish as starter. I mean, he might go a whole year, but you're gonna have a down year. I I think, but I, I think he's done enough for this team that he's owed that opportunity. Right, and I'm looking forward to Drew Brees retiring. <laughs> to be honest with you, because I hate Drew Brees. I, I just hate the guy. Um, Chase Young. So the the Washington Redskins, as we know, getting ready to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Chase Young says he wants Tom Brady. Go get him. Bruce Arian says be careful what you wish for. What do you make of it? Is Tom Brady going to light up Chase Young and the Washington Redskins? And a lot of people are saying, here's the kicker, a lot of people – a lot of, of pundits, a lot of people online, a lot of people on the TV are all saying, watch out for this Washington Redskins team. That defense is defense. scary, and that defense is going to tear people apart. I and think that the Bucks are going to put up 24 points, which yeah. will be lower for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think they win. I, I still think they win, yeah. but it's you're not going to get this blowout. Yeah, the defense so. isn't going to allow it. I, a lot if of they people, lose, it's, it's going to be because the offense couldn't put up 24 points. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Bucks are will not put up 40 the way they have been those few weeks. It no. will not happen. I, I don't think I don't think the Bucks are going to come alive like that. That's going to be insanity. And you're possibly without Mike Evans. Yep. In which a, a boneheaded decision is to, to even start your starters in a game where you couldn't move up or down. You, you, yeah, Mike Evans right now listed as questionable. You don't know whether or not Mike Evans is going to be on the field. They say he's his knee or his, his leg isn't going to require any he, sort he of... He shouldn't have been in that situation. Yeah, he shouldn't you have been. Couldn't I agree. Six. You yep. couldn't win the division. Why the hell did you play the whole game? Yeah. And it happened late. Uh, yeah, you pull the guy. At that point, you pull him. You know, you got it won. What happens if, if Brady would have gotten gotten shellacked? I mean, the dude's 42 years old. He, he, he's... A, I mean, any quarterback is, but him more more so than any. Right. He's one hit away from being toast. Yep, we've seen it. We have seen it. There's no reason to start your rot. I, I, and I love Bruce Arians. Boneheaded move. Yeah, it was bad. And now you've cost yourself your number one receiver. Yep. Potentially. Well, well, sort of your number one receiver. I mean, he had a good year, so did Godwin. Yeah, and, and Brown actually played like a number one in that last game yeah, too. But. Yeah, so I mean, I, there's there's questions there. Um, they have the best receiver. I think right now they got the best receiving crew in football. Oh yeah. So um, and uh, moving into the playoffs, Kevin Stefanski and two other coaches and two players tested positive for COVID nineteen. The players are Joel Batonio and wide receiver Kadero Hodge. Um, the offensive coordinator and here's a name we haven't heard in a hot minute. Uh, Alex Van Pelt will be calling plays for the uh, the Cleveland Browns. This is a big set. Hit. It's a big hit. It's saddening. Because 
This is the first time the Browns have been in the postseason in forever, and they lose all these players, including a guy like Joel Batonio, A, who has been around and, and you know gotten pounded in the ground on that in that franchise for years now. And B, they lose the, the head coach that kind of took him to the promised land. Kadero Hodge, okay, you know, he's not really that huge of a deal. But the fact that they lose him. Um, and, and Kevin Stefanski. It's going to be very similar to the Bucks lions game. That was the game that the Lions didn't have their coaching staff. Right. They're, I went from wanting to pick the Browns to win to them losing by 20. Yeah, and and right now it it depends on what Van Pelt pulls off, I, really. And my confidence level is low. Yeah. Um, and what sucks is, you, you know who the Browns played in the playoffs in 2 Who's that? They lost to the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Oh, boy. Um, and the lap, before that, they made the playoffs in 94. They beat the Patriots in, in Wild Card Weekend, mm-hmm. and the next week they lost to the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Yep. <laughs> and it's looking like a three-peat. Yeah, it, it is, and I, I think the Steelers, <clears throat> this is one of those situations where, so the Steelers, they make the playoffs, and they do it on a really soft schedule. Soft. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the whole sch- Almost the whole schedule was just garbage teams. Soft schedule. They, they make the playoffs. Everybody, all these Steelers fans are hooting and hollering and hooting and hollering. They go into the playoffs. They say, and and they get they get beat by the Browns last week. Um, and I understand they had some some starters off the field, but they get beat by the Browns last week handily. I mean, we're talking twenty four to nine, where they were getting pounded at one point. Well, and they almost <laughs> won that game. Yeah, they came back to almost win. People are saying, "Oh, wait till Ben gets on the field. Wait till Ben gets on the field." I don't think Ben has played that well, to be honest with you. I think he's playing a bunch of garbage teams, and Ben's been. Eh. Even the weeks leading up to that, Ben was iffy. The Steelers were iffy. They were losing games. Um, I think the Browns were going to demolish Pittsburgh, and I think there's still a chance that they demolish Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh, given the circumstances now, it's almost like they're getting a soft schedule again. You know, with the the Van Pelt and Joel Batonio being out and no Stefanski and whatever the case may be. I feel like they're getting a soft schedule. I feel like the, this is, once again, the Steelers kind of getting, here you go, and going into next week, if the Steelers win this game, all we're going to hear is, oh, look at the Steelers. Y'all said they weren't for real. And then, look at them. They got a playoff win. Okay, well, that's great. But you didn't have Batonio. You didn't have Kevin Stefanski calling the plays. You know, so are the Steelers for real, Tyler? I guess that's my question here. Because I was already picking... Steelers, because Browns should have beaten them by more mm. in that last game. So I, I don't even know that they should have beaten them by more. That's the thing. I, I mean, it's it's not like the Steelers. Mason Rudolph. Uh, it's not like the Steelers sat there and and uh, uh, sat every starter that they got. And I was all second stringers. They had a lot of starters in that game. Yeah, but you take away your best player, and it's going to be a difference. What in in Ben? But the dropping from Ben to Rudolph's huge. But Ben's your best player. He's the most important player. Uh, I don't know. I'd have more faith in Ben and uh, free agent receivers than I would in Rudolph and, and having Bucks receivers. I don't. I don't trust Ben. I don't think Ben has the the arm. I don't. I, I mean, the the man has shown his arm strength is almost complete. Oh, I I agree. But Mason Rudolph is trash. <laughs> really hate straight Mason trash. Rudolph. No, I. A Mason Rudolph-led team should not have almost beat you. I should not. I don't think you give. I don't think you give Mason Rudolph enough credit. Um, I look at, at Mason Rudolph and and the things he dealt with last year. 
uh, when, when he came in in relief of Ben. There were a lot of situations that were... He was so bad he got his head caved in. <laughs> <laughs> I think there were a lot of situations, uh, as far as injuries go, that Mason Rudolph didn't get the opportunity to control. He came in into a bad situation when he did. Um, they would have won that game if they, because they were down because of Mason Rudolph. They benched Rudolph, put Dobbs in, and Dobbs caught him back up. Well, and then they put Rudolph back in. And so Dobbs, if they kept Dobbs in, Pittsburgh beats Browns. So here's here's becomes a question of the day. At that point, why is Dobbs not the backup? He should be. <laughs> yeah, that's that becomes a question for me. Um, I I just I think Pittsburgh put Rudolph back in because they decided. We want the Browns in the playoffs because we can beat them because the Browns aren't that good. They're too hit or miss. I think they're very hit or miss. I, I really do. They're not they're equipped in their current state to go all the, go the distance. I think they're equipped. I just think that they, 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 they like you said, they're hit or miss. Some weeks they're they're blowing out teams by fifty, and then other teams they're other weeks they're you know falling apart by at the seams. They've had these games where they put up huge numbers, you know, and, and then they have these games where it's like, well, what happened to the Browns? I agree that they're hit or miss. I thought they were hit or miss going into the playoffs, but I thought for sure that they were going to beat the Steelers coming in this coming week. I I think the Steelers defense is going to overwhelm them. Oof, ballsy. I well now I do now now I think because the Steelers even, defense even then because I think the Steelers defense even though the Steelers were playing were were playing at seventy percent they didn't really give a shit they knew they were getting the two seed. It, it's a possibility, but I, I I think that they 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 still want to beat the Browns. I don't think they want to face the Browns. I your division is strange. Because every time a playoff team or a divisional game comes around, every time a divisional game It don't game matter comes who, around, who's playing, backups or not. Right. Every time a divisional game comes around, I I, I mean, I watched uh, uh, the Browns put up, what what was it, 24 on your Ravens at one point, and then, you know, your, your boys had In a had year where they win two games. Yeah. And, and, then, then, and then the Ravens this year, with everyone on COVID, yep. basically everyone, Almost beat a full strength Steelers team. Like right, it's 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 wild, and that's it's and, absolutely wild. And that's why you know your division is strange. I was gonna, I didn't think the Browns were gonna go to the bowl at all. It's not like I was sitting here going, oh yeah, Cleveland's going to the Super I'm Bowl. I'm glad they're playing each other because I, I would rather not have to do, have two division games. In the playoffs. Right. I and and so I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I was never sitting there like Browns are going to the bowl. But at the same time, I I it, it was looking for a hot minute there, like the Browns were going to take that division, and it was looking for a hot minute like the. Like the Browns were going to stomp all over the Steelers, and and then ended up they ended up right where they always do, third place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I have questions about it. It's interesting. I think it's going to be a very entertaining game, regardless. Um, and and we'll get into those in a minute. Now, just want to talk about we had some rookie rec- we had a rookie record set. My boy Justin Jefferson. Um, you know I was really big on him when he got drafted. Uh, he sets the rookie receiving yardage and receptions record. Tyler, what did I say about this guy when he got drafted? Well, you liked him. I, I said he was Moss 2.0, and uh, he goes out and he shatters uh, the Randy Moss and the Anquan Bolden records that have stood. Uh, Bolden's record stood since 2003. The Moss record stayed since the 99 season. Um, yeah, I, I love Justin Jefferson. I think this kid's looking at should be looked at as offensive rookie of the year. I, I don't. There's no doubt in my mind. People are talking about Justin Herbert's Herbert. going to get it hands down. Um, I I honestly, um, if you take the record out of it, I think you 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 put um, uh, you got to take consider James Robinson and Jonathan Taylor. Yep. Looking at total yards, like Jonathan Taylor played up, but had 1,200 yards, two hundred yards less, mm. and had four touchdowns more though. 
And then you got James, um, James Robinson, who's roughly the same amount of yards and, and 10 touchdowns. I think James Robinson, I could I could say James Robinson. I don't know that I, I so much agree with Jonathan Taylor. Being, How come? I like Jonathan Taylor a lot. I thought he had a hell of a year. But of, of the four, I'm putting him on the bottom of the list. I put him above James Robinson. You think so? The, more yards, <clears throat> significantly more touchdowns. I think there's a big difference in, in the system that you're sitting in. As in Jacksonville, who is the worst team in the league, as opposed to the best team in the league, you've got Jacksonville with Gardner Minshew, and you've got the Colts with Philip Rivers. Well, I think that's a significant then, 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 difference. If we're, if we're talking about that, then then, then give uh, Deshaun Watson MVP for be, for being the the yard leader on a shitty team. You, you you can't take that into consideration. Yeah, I mean you sort of can. You sort of can. I mean, and <clears throat> at the same time, Deshaun Watson didn't have a running back over there. David Johnson was hurt a majority of the season, and Duke Johnson was. Eh. Iffy, so I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, to, to, but when we're talking about rookie of the year, it's gonna go to Herbert putting up four thousand yards of rookies, insane, especially considering you don't didn't play two games. Yeah, he missed two games. It's, it's gonna go to Herbert hands down, I believe. I think it's gonna go to Herbert, but I feel like it should be going to Justin Jefferson. I think Jefferson showed everybody that he is the he is legit, that he is the real thing, and that he's the future of the Vikings franchise. He's the future of the league, and that's not just me being a homer. It's a shame you could you could you could have had a. Jefferson and Diggs. <laughs> I, you know, Thielen had a had a good year. It wasn't a great year, but it was a very good year. Thielen he started got the, off very good, and then he then he fell off the map a little bit. Yeah, well, he fell off the map. There were a lot of changes that went on. I I think um, I think Adam Thielen at this point, and and you got to remember, Adam Thielen did miss two games with uh, COVID stuff going on. Um. I, I like Adam Thielen. I think he's become more of a red zone threat. I think the Vikings, to be honest, if if it was me, I'd be looking at at a guy like Jamar Chase in the draft. Um, but Thielen had an okay year. It wasn't it wasn't anything crazy. I think he had what twelve touchdowns. And it started off hot. Yeah, I think I, I think he but then it, it, in turn he only had three games over hundred yards. Mm-hmm. So I you know, and so it. Started off hot, but his touchdowns took over. his touchdowns were the big thing. I think he had twelve, right? Uh yeah, I think right around that. <clears throat> yeah, so I mean, we're, we're when we're talking that high of touchdowns, I think he he he's definitely turned into to the consistent red zone threat. Um, but Justin Jefferson is obviously the number one over there now. Justin Jefferson is a great receiver, um, and I would love to see the Vikings, like I said, go out and pick up a guy like a Jamar Chase in the draft. I don't think Jamar Chase falls that low to fourteen, but if they wind up with a guy like Jamar Chase. I think it creates a really great one-two punch in that situation. Um, another thing that that I thought was really great that we got to talk about: Derrick Henry becomes the eighth man to rush for two thousand yards in a single season. Um, I got to tell you, if you would have told me it would have been Derrick Henry doing this, I would have told you you were nuts. I wouldn't. Have. I knew from the second he was drafted, he's gonna be the next big thing. I think the whole, the whole world kind of knew. I knew that he was gonna be a big deal. I just didn't think that that it was gonna be a two thousand yard type of big deal. Um, and and really the the thing that that kind of opened my eyes to Derrick Henry is looking at his numbers from the last two years and then you know just kind of seeing oh man this guy after week ten just goes crazy every year and and it's true this year was significantly less obvious but it was less obvious but I think it was because he was more consistent throughout the the body of the season from weeks one to ten he was more consistent now last year he was. I don't want to say bad, but decent during the first part of the year. But this year, he's been consistently very good. Just last year, I think he only had it was like seven hundred yards in the first ten weeks, 
And after that, he blew up and had like well, 1,200, 1,300 where, where yards. That, where that buy is, you got to look at where that buy is at too, because that, that can come into play too. Right. But, I mean, it's just the point. I no, mean, he's obviously um, better in, in, the, in the latter part of the season, but I think this year has been less obvious of a... He, he had 1,100 yards in the la- after week 10. So that, that's, a, that's a lot of yardage for, for that point and that span of time. Um, and he always is, is good for a 200-yard game at some point. Or in, in last year, I think he had two, two 200-yard games after week 10. Derrick Henry, um, is he the best running back in the league at this point? Do, yes, he is. I mean, do you, do you consider him? And, and one thing about Derrick Henry that I, think, that I think stands apart from all the other running backs, durability. And I know I've been talking about that a lot. Durability. Derrick Henry doesn't get hurt. No. Um, <laughs> I think if you're, if you're talking about um, full package running backs, I think he's third. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think you put CMC and Kamara above him as far as importance to a team. But as far as like a, just a bruising running back and just, just pure running back, mm-hmm. it's Derrick Henry. Right. But you're not going to expect Henry to go and put up Close to a thousand yards through the air. No, it's, it's not, not going to happen. happen. Yeah, that's not a thing. But like CMC and, McCaff- and McCaffrey or CMC and Kamara, you get like fourteen hundred rushing and another eight to a thousand in 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 receiving. Yeah, and that's a, that's what makes them dangerous. Yeah, but you're talking two different types of players. But I, I think the difference between um, Henry and say Dalvin Cook, there is a there is a difference there. Yeah, Dalvin Cook's a, a phenomenal running back. But just the watching Henry run, I, I, I've seen nothing like it in recent history. Yeah, Delvin is is more of an elusive back. I, when it, when it comes to a guy like Derrick Henry, it's it's a rarity these days that you see these big bodied downhill runners, and and that's what Derrick Henry is. He's just a big. You haven't really massive seen human this being since Jerome Bettis. Like I was gonna say, the bus. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, and he might be a. Bus 2.0. Yeah, and and that's kind of what it's looking like. He's not the fastest. And I'm not, guy and I'm not saying as far as a sequel. I'm saying as far as being better. Yeah, he could very well be better. He's just a big boy, and he's got a lot of. I mean, just a lot of girth. <laughs> I mean, really, he's just a big bastard. Um, and because he's durable, I kind of would like to send like them kind of do. I mean, I hope they don't because mm-hmm. um to do what the Ravens do, even though Patrick Ricard doesn't play. Doesn't get the ball handed to him as, as many times as Derrick Henry does. Yeah, Patrick Ricard plays defensive tackle. Yeah, imagine if if every once in a while on a critical play, you put homeboy at, at linebacker and <laughs> just let him do his thing and let him cold clock a receiver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry that you you might get a fumble out of that. Make, makes you wonder how his tackling is at his size. I like to see it. I I just never realized how Hell, big of a he, guy he can is. even he can even play defensive line. Yeah, he probably could. With it, his it's, probably, it's probably better because he's not incredibly quick. No, he, he is quick for his size. Yeah, you could probably put him as an end. Defensive end would probably be a better spot for him. I, I, I think it could be a good play, but I mean, obviously, <laughs> you don't want to oversaturate him either because right. you need him healthy. But never know. He's the the big scary running back right now. Um, Raiders running back Josh Jacobs. He got arrested for a DUI at Las Vegas Metro Airport. Get that suspension wagon coming. Um, we we've seen a lot of guys get DUIs in the last couple of years. A lot of them get two, three, four game suspensions. Um, I really think that this is going to negatively impact the Raiders. I, but at the same time, don't they have Jalen Richards over there? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So I mean, it it could negatively impact the Raiders. Josh Jacobs, big part of their offense. Oh yeah, I I I, I mean he'll he'll probably miss a couple games. And I I like Jacobs. I I feel like he kind of regressed a little this year. A, t- a tad, hair. yeah. He was hurt a little bit. 
Um, but I, I still like him. I think I think he's a, he's, a, he's a good back. Yep. Now NFL MVP discussion: Rodgers, Allen, Henry, and Mahomes all in the discussion. Rogers, Rogers, you got Rodgers all yep. day. Rodgers all day. Now I think it. Allen had that uh, small slump in the middle of the season mm-hmm. that took him out of it. I think that one three interception game from Mahomes took him out of it. And I, I normally I wouldn't say one game pulls you out of it, but Rodgers has been lights out all season, so it's, it's, it, you, you, there's not even really anywhere you can like. Right. I, I know you hate Rodgers, but there's not there's not really anywhere you can you can gash him at. I, I personally, I'm a bigger fan of Josh Allen. I think I think he had just such an incredible year. Oh yeah. I mean, um, if you're if you're looking at season as compared to uh, expectation, mm-hmm. Allen. I, I think I think Josh Allen is. I think he should be the MVP. I think he's right up there with Rodgers. It really and and Henry Mahomes kind of fall off. I you know unfortunately this is notoriously a, a quarterback award. Last guy to win it that was a non quarterback was AP um, when he had that two thousand yard year, which is why Henry's in the discussion now because they're going, hey, wait a minute, this guy had two thousand yards. See, I can't give it to Allen because I mean, while he did have about three hundred yards more, Rodgers has. 10, 11 more touchdowns than him yeah. and five less interceptions. Wow. I can't give it to Josh Allen over Rodgers. Yeah, I, I 48 and that. 5 is lights out. Yep. But that's not a takeaway. Um, um, Josh Allen's 37 to 10 ratio. That's also mm, very good. Very good. But when you but when you have six quarterbacks above, ahead of you in, in interceptions, I think it takes Josh Allen out of it. Right. And hell, I, I Mahomes is 38, so one touchdown more than Josh Allen and six. Yeah, and has two hundred yards more than Josh Allen. So I think Josh Allen's even under Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, it could be that. And, and you're talking about a guy who loves Josh Allen. I, I would, I would trade uh, Lamar Jackson for Josh Allen right now. And and right now, you know, and mark your calendar, Tyler. I'm going to tell you when that draft came out. When Josh Allen came out, you were the one lone soldier saying, "I think Josh Allen's going to be the guy." And uh, you were absolutely 110 percent right. I'm on glad that. you. Uh, so I, you were 100 percent right on that. I, I mean, and and he has come out. He's he's proven the doubters wrong. He had a rough first year. Um, rough first year, great last Shaking year. Shaking off webs last year a little yep. bit, but, but and this year has just been wow, incredible. Um, Josh Allen, I mean, the real deal. I I remember you saying that in the draft. I wanted to point that out. And and another interesting fact about all of these these players, these three quarterbacks in particular, Mahomes, Rodgers, and Allen, more touchdown passes than their team punted this year. So. I saw that, and it's not as rare as you think it is. It's, Lamar did it last year. Yeah. Um. So did Mahomes. So did Rodgers last year. It's pretty common on efficient offenses. Yeah, on efficiency. Yeah, but I mean, I, I thought. But that it, was, it is a cool stat. Yeah, it's a cool stat. I just think that's that's pretty freaking sweet. Um. So that's all for our news stories. Uh, Tyler, we're gonna. Uh, I want to jump right in. We've got. Um, I mean, we've we've got playoff stuff to talk about. We've got playoff games coming up. Um, we got playoff teams. Let's get to it. Here's our bracket. We're looking at it right now. And um, I want to talk about this. We're, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back to this. We'll get down to business. Um, and uh, first round, we're getting ready to get down it's to it. It's intense off the bat. It, it is intense. I'm excited for this upcoming weekend because it's the best weekend uh, like well, the next two weekends, like the perfect weekend for football fans, suddenly exists. So that's where we're at. So let's take a quick breather, and we'll jump right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. 
With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours, with the rates ranging from $55 to $130. You get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen Ladies and gentlemen Are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, y'all Get ready And welcome back to the Outside Blitz I'm your host, Tyler Dean Tyler Dean And I'm here with Scotty Freytown Yay Whose team's not in the playoffs um, so welcome back. We, we got the, uh, playoff equation in front of us and, um, different playoff year. We we're doing the seventh team now, all of a sudden, which is what they wanted to do in the off season. And that's probably going to expand to an eight team playoff in, in the near future here. That's what they're talking about. We're going to vote on it. I don't, I don't see it happening. I don't know. NFL sees dollar signs and, uh, that could be a thing, but as it stands right now, to- well, cause it doesn't. Um, in, in the seventh team, it adds a game. In the eighth team, it kind of no, it does. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, it adds a game. Yeah, it adds a game, and it it, it gives you a, a double a double buy team. And it's going to take away incentive because you'd lose the buy completely. Right. Yeah. So I cause, and that's going to take away from teams even caring about about getting the seating positioning. So you're going to see a lot more teams benching players in the yeah. last few weeks if they get if they clinch already. I I get it. Um, but they're they are talking about going to an eight team playoff. What we are going to see for sure is the eighteenth week. Yes. The, well, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna come out with the eighteenth week, the seventeenth game for these teams yes. because of the bye week. But um, each team will be playing seventeen games next season, which will be very entertaining. Which means it's gonna rewrite the record books again. Which means every year, every team's gonna be is gonna have half the teams are gonna have an extra home game, half the teams have an extra away game. Yep. It's gonna be odd. This and this was also a. Um, uh, the highest scoring year in football history, you're probably going to see that be attained a lot easier with the 17-game season. And rewrite the record books as all those stats are going to become just a little bit more... Gaudy? Yep. That's, that's the best word you can use for it, just gaudy. Um, so we, we know that the but Chiefs... sucks because the first guy to break any record, like whether it be, be the rushing record, no matter how old it is, or the receiving record, the passing yard record... It, the first guy to do is going to have that little, well, you had an extra yeah, game. Yeah, that little asterisk next to his name. Well, I mean, and even then with, with um, how the old seasons used to be, it used to be only 14-game seasons, yep. too. So, I mean, you, there's a lot of questions there. I mean, AP came so close to breaking that that rushing yardage record, um, but he also had two extra games to do it. So mm. I, there, there's, there's a debate to be had. Um, now in the 2020 NFL playoff, you got the Chiefs and you got the uh, the Packers sitting at the number one seeds. They have the bye going into this week. Um, we'll start with the AFC side. We were talking about this earlier. You got the Browns and the Steelers. Um, 
you seem to think that the Steelers are going to bulldoze the yeah. Browns. Given the current state, I think it's, I think this game went from being a um, marquee matchup to a one-sided disaster. Yeah, I, I think it's going to wind up being it, – it'll probably wind up being a disaster. I, I feel bad for the Browns in this situation. I really do. I would love to see the Browns beat the Steelers out. I think that would make for a, a hell of a fun time. Um, but <clears throat> the winner of that game goes on to face the Colts and the Bills. This game is going to be fun. This is going to be a fun game because well, the, not necessarily because like, remember we reseed. What everything reseeds, so the lowest remaining team. Yeah. Will be, so it, so that's no guarantee there. Well, the the uh, lowest seeds right now, you know, the lowest seed would be the, the Colts. Currently, the Colts. Yep. So the, the Colts Browns would can, go on. Yeah. It so, depends on how. So all the only ones that can that can lock in who they're facing are, are the highest and the lowest. So that. If the Colts win, they automatically go to the Chiefs. So Chiefs. The, the other games would go to to. Actually, that would be different too because the number two seed would be out at that point. So now the three would become the new, yeah. uh, which would be the uh, Steers in the situation. Right. So the way it is now, you could be in a situation to where in divisional round you have all that's left is the one five six seven theoretically. Theoretically speaking, that's insane. Instead of guaranteeing to have the top two seeds there in, in the second week, right. Um, Colts and Bills. I'm going to say I'm going to go with the Bills. This is one, two. My my two most looking forward to games are on the AFC side, and this is one of them. Yeah. Um, Colts and Bills is going to be fun. I think Bills are too hot though. Oh yeah, I think the Bills are going to come in. They're they're the wrecking ball right now in the the AFC. And and here's the thing, I think they could actually give the Chiefs a real run for their money. I I really do. I think the Chiefs are great. A lot of people seem to think the Chiefs are going to repeat. I think the Bills really got a good shot at this. Bills are the hottest team in football right now. Yeah, and and it, that that's going to and they got hot at the right time. We saw it with Eli Manning a few years back. He got hot at the right time. We're in the same situation here. Bills are hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. This is about to get real hairy for the teams in the AFC. I'm going for the Bills in this one. I'm going with the Steelers and against the Browns as well. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I I think the Bills are going to come out now. This next one. This is where it gets fun, and I, this is where I'm, I'm assuming this is your marquee matchup too, Baltimore and Tennessee. In a rematch. In a rematch, yep. And um, um, So when I was watching the Colts, the Titans game, I was rooting for Houston because I, I wanted to play the Colts. Yeah. Um, but as I was looking at it, as I'm hearing people talk, the Titans have by far the worst defense of the seven teams in the AFC. So in a sense, from a, how hot Ravens' run game is, could be a recipe for disaster for the Titans. <clears throat> yeah, the hit right now. The, the Titans defense is a far cry from what that number nine defense we saw last year. Mm-hmm. Um, the Titans defense, I I remember they were they were, we talked about it. They were ranked ninth. Um, Baltimore's hot. They gotten hot these last four or five games. They they basically. It was a win-and-in situation for the last four or five games, yes. really. And they, they did. They, they went out and did everything. They, your boys are, are playing great ball. I actually think Baltimore comes out on this one. I think they come out and they win. I, I do, too. I think they're playing uh, too hot, hot a ball here. I, I think the wild card factor is, um, no one's really talking about it, is Ryan Tannehill. Yep. Has been playing very, very good football. Yeah. And where even most dangerous is in the red zone. When all eyes are on Derrick Henry, he goes up to the outside and scores a touchdown. Yeah, I actually, I, I was giggling to myself last week because I never thought I'd hear, hear Chris Collinsworth say the words, well, you never know what, what you're capable of when you got a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill. And I just think about those days back with the Dolphins. And I'm like, 
God, I never thought I'd hear those words get uttered Brian by Brian Tannehill's been in the playoffs about every year he's been in the league. He's he's a he's a good quarterback. I I and and I. I, and do I, I think he's over? Uh, I think he's overrated. I do think he's overrated because everybody talks about him like he's a world beater. But I think he's a good game managing type of quarterback. I think he's he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback, but I think he's very good. Last year, and and that that was the thing that kind of set it off for me. Last year, when we got into the playoffs, what were his numbers in the playoffs? And and you look at it, he didn't break a hundred yards in the playoffs in a single game. He had 90 and 75. And now in a year, he has 3,800 yards, 33 mm-hmm. touchdowns, 7 picks. Yep. And he's been... He's been playing good ball. Amazing. So, I mean, it, well, I'm not going to call it amazing because you got three guys that played better than that this year already just in, in our MVP candidates. But he's his numbers are about right on par with Josh Allen. Uh, not far off. I, th- I think he's playing very good ball. I think, And, and you know what? They... A.J. A. Brown has been just a huge factor for them. He's come alive. We, mm-hmm. we saw him get drafted. He didn't really do much. He kind of fell to the wayside. And then all of a sudden, A.J. Brown is just the man. Um, so, I, I mean, the Titans are going to be a good, good tough test for Baltimore, but I think you're going to see Baltimore yeah. come out. And it's, what's crazy is just where the teams that are hot right now, I don't know where how I want the other games to – like, I, I want Colts to win. <clears throat> well, of course you do. Because – I don't want to play the Bills. But I don't want to play the Chiefs either. Right, I was going to say, if, if the Colts win, you're going to wind up playing the Chiefs. Unless the Browns win. The Browns yeah. win, then it's that 5-6-7 situation we're talking about. Yeah. It'd be Ravens, Colts, Browns, um, Chiefs. And I either way, either way, I think I think the, the road, one way or another, for any team going to the Super Bowl, goes through Kansas City at this yeah. point. I don't think there's anybody that can hold a candle to them right now. And if you're lucky, you don't got to go through both of them. Right, exactly. Um, go- the, the obvious scenario here is it ends up being Bills and Chiefs in the championship. That would be the obvious choice here, yep. um, but you never know. Yeah, I, I would like to see the Buffalo Bills. Fun fact, um, the last seven teams to bench their quarterback in, in Week 17 of the regular season did not make it to the Super Bowl. Right. Um, and that's exactly what the Chiefs did in Week 17. Right. But Patrick Mahomes is a different yes. kind of animal. Um, I ultimately, I would love to see the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl again. Um, haven't seen it since my my childhood in the '90s there when I got to watch the Bills and the Cowboys and all that jazz. I would love to see the Bills go again, but that is yet to be seen. And you know what? I I really I got to be honest. I really love their fan base right now. I think it's a great story. Um, the whole Bills Mafia thing. People people act. It, it sounds horrible. No, it's the Bills Mafia. Everybody, it sounds like a bunch of fucking crazy people. But then you look at at the Bills, um, and and what the Bills Mafia actually does. And I just want to point out the fact that their fans go out there and their way of getting back at another team is to donate to their charities. You know, like okay, fine. You know, you're gonna talk crap about us, jumping through tables. I'm gonna donate to your charity. How do you like that? Like, it, it's just a cool way for them to go about it. And and I feel like their franchise and that fan base really deserves it. I like the the Bills in this situation, and and I'm hoping that the Bills go all the way. Um, but the obvious pick to me in the current the the current uh, um, lay of the land, I'm I'm looking at the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs yeah. wind up doing it. But I I do think Baltimore wins this game. I think they're they're playing hot right now. They're coming off back to back three thousand yard rushing seasons. Yep. It. And t- Titans are in the bottom half and, and rush rush defense. I, I think this could get nasty. Yeah. I think uh, uh, Hollywood Brown could actually be a difference maker here because he's actually been coming alive the last. That would three, be a surprise. Weeks. 
because um, he's gotten a touchdown the last four straight weeks. Yeah, he he didn't do dick for a majority of the season. And all of a sudden, he's starting to come alive yeah. a little bit. And, and, and Probably because people were calling him out. <laughs> he, he could be he could be a difference maker here. If he is, that I mean, that bodes well for your boys. Um, I'm going. I, I do think if if Lamar drops back, it's going to be eyes on on Mark Andrews. Right. I'm I'm going Baltimore in this situation. I don't think the Titans have the ability to to stop the run, like you said. I, I think and this is purely on how hot the Ravens have been lately. Right. Um. Though, but that run, that running offense of Baltimore, that is the the take home there on that. Um, going over to the NFC side, first and foremost, you got the Rams and the Seahawks. This game gets a little tough because Jared Goff won't be in the game. The Rams, honestly, have been sort of hit or miss. Um, there are games where they come out really firing and they look really good. We can't forget the Rams have the best defense in the league currently. Is that true? They were the number one. It might have changed in the last two weeks, but about two weeks ago, they were the number one defense in the league. Um, and yeah, they still are yep. as far as yards. Yes. So uh, the Rams, I, I look at the Rams and I say, okay, this will this will be a good matchup. The problem that the Rams have in it and it kind of it bodes badly and it bodes well for them. If John Wolford starts this game, he's taking on one of the worst defenses in the league in the Seahawks. So it, it could be okay for the Rams depending on how they handle things. They did a lot more running the football uh, last game. They didn't let Wolford, you know, go crazy throwing it all over town, and it, they ran the football consistently. I like the Rams' situation here. That I think it 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 gives them a chance if Wolford has to come in if Jared Goff can't start. But I think if Jared Goff doesn't start, you're looking at a Seattle victory. I yeah, I'm going Seattle here. Yeah, I'm going to go Seattle too. Um, it's not looking good for the Rams. Um, and and frankly, I mean. Both these teams I don't like anyway. So, I mean, realistically, whichever, I just want to see one of them just get the hell out of town. Um, really, I don't like a lot of teams that, that made the playoffs in the NFC. Um, next up, you got the Bears and the Saints. The Bears make the playoffs going 8-8. Eight and eight. I think this is just going to be a pounding. I think this is the Saints the, all the day. The Bears make the playoffs losing their way in. Right. They lost their way in. Granted, granted, they lost to the number one team in the NFC. Um but they, they backed their way in at 8-8 eight and eight as a 500 team, which I hate. Um, I think the Saints just pound them into the ground. Mitch Trubisky has, out of nowhere, looked like the Mitch Trubisky of old, just randomly. Yeah, where'd he come from? I don't know. I, I j- he just popped in out of nowhere. Um, and, and now Nick Foles is looking like he's going to wind up in a backup role and be one of the highest-paid backups in all of football. Um, and the other end, you got the Saints, who were missing Camara, were missing Michael Thomas, both looking like they're and on pace. And missing Breeze at points. Yep. And, and they're all back. I, I think this is a bloodbath. Yeah. I think the Saints run away with this one. Saints are going to beat the hell out of them. Now, the last game, and, and this is one I want to bitch about for a minute, okay? <clears throat> I'm with you in the concept that I believe that if you win your division, you should make the playoffs. But there should be a reseed. There is absolutely no reason why a seven and nine team should be hosting a playoff game. Now, I will add that I believe if uh, Alex if Alex Smith is five and two, if he had been the starter all year round, we wouldn't be having this conversation. They'd be a ten and six team. It, it'd be fine. Right, but these are the reasons why. Like they they shouldn't be hosting a playoff team, a playoff game. They they shouldn't. And and right now at seven and nine, I don't give a crap who was in. This is like what the second or third time we've seen this in the in the last what five six seven years, something like that. Yeah, we we've seen this. 
Seven and nine teams. We saw it with the Rams make the playoffs. Seattle. I mean, and Seattle made the playoffs. Broncos. Yep. And and these these weak teams jump in, they win their division, and then they get seated as the number four. It shouldn't happen. There's no reason why a playoff game should be played in Washington right now. This game should be taking place in Tampa. Now, I am fine with them um, if doing the, I, to totally reseed it. But say you do your reseed and your wild card team and a division winner are tied. Uh-huh. I do. I do support giving the uh, division winner badge precedent. Oh yeah, absolutely. I give the division winner the the higher seed in that situation. But, but in this case, Washington it, should be seven. It should be a a seeding by record. Yep. You know, you you go through. Okay, here's your division winners. Yes, there's four of them, but at the same time, I don't care if you're a division winner or what or not. You just be thankful you're in the tournament at seven and nine. We're going to drop you down to, to seed number seven. Yeah, I don't agree with the division winner doesn't get in. Right, I agree. I think that you got to you got to respect the sanctity of the division, but yes. reseed it. Yeah, exactly, and 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 that that's what it should be. You shouldn't be having a seven and a nine team as the four seed when you got a. You know what, what the Bucks were? I think what eleven and five this year, and and they're they're the five. Give me a break. That's that's ridiculous. So in this situation, um, Bucks and Washington. I we were talking about it earlier. Bucks, I think, are going to tear up Washington. I don't think that they're going to forty point them, but I think you're going to see a twenty four point, maybe even thirty one point game out of the Bucks. I'm going Washington. Really? You I take think the, the defense underdog. is going to hold him down enough where Alex Smith can get the job done and score just enough points to win on a game-winning field goal. You think he's going to... Washington by two. You think he's going to out-duel Tom Brady? Because of his defense alone. I'm going to... I'm going to... So I'm going to go with, with the Seahawks. I'm going to go with the Saints. And I'm going to go with the Bucks. I'm going to stick with the high-end team. I think the Bucks are going to get rid of... The, and really, this first round here, in, as far as the NFC goes, the AFC is strong. Look at all those teams that are in there. Those are strong teams. I think over here, that first round is solely getting rid of the riffraff. Yes, and that's that's what it's going to be. And the Bucks probably will win. But I'm just I'm taking the bold prediction here. Okay, well I'm going with the Bucks. Um, and then uh, I mean obviously Green Bay is the number one seed. In that case, Green Bay goes on to take on Seattle. It looks like um, if Seattle wins. And then mm. the Saints would wind up. Well, going. Green Bay would get Bucks. They'd be the lowest remaining seed. Bucks are five. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And so Seattle Green and the Saints are two and Seattle three. Seattle and the Saints. So those will both be all all good games. Oh yeah, those will be fun games to watch. And and we we had the same thing in the AFC side because we all picked the same team. So in, in that situation, you're talking about KC getting Ravens, mm-hmm. and then Steelers versus Bills, which both good games as well. Mm-hmm. And and who doesn't want to see the Buffalo Bills kick the crap out of the Steelers again? Again, again. yeah, exactly. So uh, and those are our playoff predictions for the first week. Um, playoffs are getting a little crazy. Tyler, I'm glad we're back though. I'm glad we're back. I'm firing on all cylinders. I know it's uh, been a long go. Thank you, folks, for being patient with me in particular. Um, had some personal things going on in my life. Tyler, thank you for sticking with me, being being uh, patient with me. Uh, throughout this situation, but um, glad to be back. Glad to be back on on top because I know you hate it. <laughs> so, um, anything else, Tyler? I think that's it. Just want to take a quick second thank our sponsor at It's Your Time Massage. Tyler, have you gotten a massage yet? No. Get a freaking massage. Um, massage therapist Amanda, she's wonderful. I highly recommend her. Please check out iytmassage.com. 
Check her out on It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. You can go ahead and uh, book an appointment. She's wonderful. Um, and uh, Tyler, that's all we got for today. We're, we're, we're about to sign off here. Go Ravens. Oh, Jesus. I, I You know, I'm, I'm saying the Baltimore's probably going to win, but I really want the Titans just to rip them up. Put my phone on mute on Sunday. <laughs> no, no, no. We'll be texting back and forth during games. You know we will. That's what we do I every might year. be on mute for... From one to four, when that game. No, played. that's what we did when the Baltimore when the Baltimore lost to the Chargers the last time. We always talk on that on those. I might be muted. We'll see. I'm, I'm gonna bug you. But anyway, folks, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your patience, and uh, we'll be back right here next week. We'll be going over our divisional round, and um, Tyler, I hope your Ravens lose. Um, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.